0: To Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Here's your host, Steve Hudgens. Welcome back. I'm Steve. I'm a licensed professional therapist here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. With me is Julia, the co host and a therapeutic coach. Together, we talk about a variety of different subjects, or sometimes we interview other people to provide you with a different perspective about life and to help you to be a better you. To contact us, it's 918-280-08690 or CoachSoul.com. These are two ways to contact us, not on an emergency basis, but to provide feedback, questions for upcoming shows. And if you'd like to be on the show, please use the contact page on the website. We would love to hear from you. Julia, as always, is good to see you. But there's one thing I think we need to address. We've been talking about community. We're talking about a sense of our thoughts and suicide and how people do this. And one thing I think about is when people think about suicide, do they have a fear of death? Mm.
1: Okay. You know, because
0: I've been in that situation, you know, military. You'd, when you go into combat, you have that fear of getting shot at. You're a police officer. Didn't you have a fear of getting shot at?
1: Well, I, you know, I think, Steve, one, I love this topic uh, because I think there's a couple of different ways we can address this. Um, I think that it is inherent in us to have a sense of fear of how we're going to die. But is that the same thing as having a fear of death? And so um, having had experience working with hospice and death and, and just seeing, holding hands of loved ones as they've passed over and uh, in the chaplaincy programs and stuff that I've been involved in, I can say it also depends on when we're looking at that de- uh, death ticket come a calling because um, in our younger years, we think we're invincible in our mid years where we're thinking, oh, there's things that we still want to accomplish. But there becomes a certain point at the end of our life cycle where we begin to kind of look forward to the release and of, of everything that we've held on to, we want to make sure that we've had those deep friendships and connections, we want to make sure our things are in order, we'd prefer to be going out in good, decent health, okay? Um, but w- w- there becomes a big be- space there where you begin to plan for the inevitable. And, and so I think that that question of, you know, do we fear death or do we feel fear the process or is it a fear of unpreparedness?
0: Even in my thought process right now it's like, okay, Steve, do I have a fear of Julia right now? Plethora of information, just the way you come, we can have a fear of knowledge yes you know and what i'm thinking about fear is connectivity because we talked about community we talked about these other things that leads up to these things but now we have covid that hit that did not help at all with our social anxiety Mm -hmm. and we wear these masks and we can't see facial clues and it just throws us off now imagine how an autistic person feels A mask is like an autistic person. They can't read facial cues. And it makes it difficult for them to be able to communicate. And now when you get a sense of community and we're asking people to connect, that's fear. I'm afraid of what you're going to say. I'm afraid of what you're going to do. I'm afraid of the reaction. I'm afraid of a rejection and abandonment. I mean all these come into play into people's persona. What what have you come across in your therapeutic coaching?
1: Well, I think that there's a uh- I, I want to also, before I answer that question <laughs> as to what I've come across, that was a big old chunk right there for me. I'm like, oh, I want to answer all of these. <laughs> um, <up> right now <laughs> Is that um, it is normal to fear what mm. we don't know or don't understand True. unless we develop a modality or a course of viewing that thing we don't know or understand as a curiosity because in the in the nervous system fear and curiosity can be equal um it's just that how our brain uh, interprets which one we're actually doing is the same thing as being tired or being hungry and um and so we learn through a process of, depending on how we were raised and teach and the influences that are in our lives to to choose one option or the other as far as interpretation goes so again um It's that's a a big chunk that we can break apart and and talk about um, in smaller pieces. But um, typically speaking, when I see fear showing up with my clients, it is fear of um, not being appreciated or accepted. Mm. It's um, a fear of belonging. Where's that space? I deal with a lot of younger clients. And so sometimes uh, they come to me, and, and they're afraid of uh, being rejected by their parents if they choose to live a life that um, is more authentic to them, okay? Um, versus what they've been taught. Um, a fear of being successful. These are these are all you know the the kinds of things that uh, we address in the therapeutic coaching process. And I I honestly think that all of it, all of our fears, and this is just, again, from the book of Julia, okay, that book eventually is going to become really famous, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's all summed up in, in in a, I guess I want to wrap it up in a box and say that all of our fears boil down to one thing it's a, I think it's a fear of simply not belonging or feeling like we're going to be judged if we stand in our authenticity. Because otherwise, you know, because if you don't know, you can go learn. If you, if you want to communicate and be in a community, you can go and experience and invite. If uh, we're trying a, a, a new experience out, like jumping. I have no desire to jump out of an airplane, but let's just say I want to go skydiving. I can hire people that are experts in that, (laughs) that can teach me how to do that and survive by the time I hit the ground, you know? So really, what is it about? And I think it all comes that boils down to that one little area inside that says, "I I don't know if I'm capable of doing this. And even if I branch out and be brave and do it, will people accept me just in this space? And so it makes it scary.
0: I have to agree because I, as you're talking here, my mind is going like a hamster wheel all over the place. And I just happen to think about fear that we don't create a safe space within ourselves
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and really digest fear and what, what that is. I mean, you look in as a faith based person, I look back in the book of uh, Genesis, it all starts with doubt. You know, the serpent was talking to to Eve about, hey, what did God really say? So it creates this doubt. When we have doubt, it creates fear. As a baby, it has fears of falling because it's so small and everything is so big. But as we grow and get experiences, we either have fear or don't. Now, I respect water. I have a fear of water only because I went on a canoeing trip out in Tahlequah out, not Tahlequah uh, Illinois river. I asked this person, don't move. I'm in the back they're up front. This current's coming around and I knew what was going to happen. So just don't move. The current's going to take us. Let me stir. And I'll be okay. Nope. They moved. We capsized. I'm okay. going under the water and I get trapped by an underwater tree. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure which way is up because I've thrown underneath the water. I took a good deep breath as I went under, but fear was starting to set in because I'm going to drown because my leg is caught in this tree. I had to self-talk myself out of how to calmly remove my leg out of the tree, then come up for air and then figure out everything out. Yes. So that causes fear if I can't see what's in the water, I'm not going in. Mm. I don't mind fishing, even though I can't see what's in it. Now I'll go in the swimming pool. No big deal. I can see the bottom. But it's it's that mind fear. I think some fear is healthy because it's a respectful fear of what it could do. I mean, I'm not afraid to cross the street. I'm just afraid of the other driver away. Oklahomans drive if I'm going to hit by a bus. What do you think about fear that we don't create a safe space within ourselves to address fear?
1: Well, I think that one. I I think that you're onto something there because it's it's almost like you have to self train to. When I was in law enforcement, they would have us play, make up and replay various scenarios so that if we should come. Basically, you're training the nervous system and the brain to deal with a crisis situation. Okay, prior to it having, uh, having gone through it. And, and so you're just reliving this possibility and all the options that might be available prior to that incident may not ever show up. Okay. But I think that when we're, when we look at uh, potentially creating a space to, to address the things that we're afraid of or um, create a safety space to have that dialogue internally with ourselves, that one, that's a healthy thing to do. Um, two, I think you find that you're probably not as afraid of certain things that you thought you were. It's just the mind went off into its uh, ruminations, you right. know, and created a bigger monster out of it than what it actually is. When we play with the idea of fear. We also discover that there's other words or terms that can be associated with it. That fear is not the only descriptive if you will for what we're feeling and so if we can die create that safe space in us where we can have that internal dialogue we can dissect the many many emotions that may be attached and being summed up in that word fear
0: so what you're trying to say is like fear is like the word love Mm -hmm. i love ice cream well i love me i love julie i love airplanes whatever that love very
1: generalized (laughs)
0: exactly (laughs) yes and we need to be more specific and i like the greek language because love comes with phileo agape all kinds of different ways to describe love and here in english we lump it all in one one. summon it doesn't help. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, and I think that looking at the word fear, if you think about it, is it, is it terror? Is it apprehension? Is mm. it just a sense of insecurity? Um, there's probably about 30 words that could describe some version of what we sum up in the word fear that when it's broken down, And I don't really know if it's 30 or not. I have to go look at the emotional will again. But um, the fact is, is that there's other words to use that actually maybe hold a less of an emotional reaction within our system than that of fear.
0: You know, we talked to our audience here on how to be a better you by describing these things. I want to turn this a little bit. For a moment and twist this back to you and I. Okay. How can you and I, and those in the mental health community help our clients better to express what they're feeling by the word fear, by what you just described?
1: Well, I think one tool that um, i I give this to my clients on a regular basis is one is sitting down to journal or write out, first of all, the topic. So I I have you typically write down um, at the top of a page, for instance, I'm afraid of or fear concerns me here, whatever that introductory statement is going to be. And then I have them go through the list of of other potential emotions using the emotional wheel. There's several versions of that out there on the internet. It's not a hard thing to locate, um, to see if they can dissect really and and hone in on what they're actually feeling. And then I ask them somewhere on that paper, usually the other half depends on how I have them divided up, the pros and the cons. In other words, what are the benefits of feeling this way? whatever emotion they're going to. Okay. And what are the drawbacks? Because it's not really a positive negative. It's just, if we are feeling a certain way, what is, what is it that's causing us to be drawn towards that thing? And if they can get down to that and really, really um, develop that, mm. that process, then they can own it. It becomes a, a certain um, a, there's a feeling of accomplishment of stating, Oh, I, I can feel safe feeling this feeling I might not feel safe feeling this one but I can feel safe here and that means I can begin to mold it, shape it change it um, but over here I was frozen and, and so that's that's just one of the modalities that I use. What about you?
0: Similar I do, I use pictures like don't think about a polar bear. Well what did you just do? You thought you about, about a about polar bear yes. right? <laughs> So I try to use word illustrations to help to flush out what they're thinking. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When they're in your office, there's not much writing you can do. So I try to get them to word associate, something that helps them to draw a contrast. I do agree with writing. But here's what I would say with word of caution with people who have trauma. Be careful how you write if it gets to a point that you're writing out your feelings and thoughts and it's causing a lot of emotions, start writing in third person this way. You're not reliving anything you're writing out in a third person kind of disassociating yourself for a little bit on paper. But I had a client to start. I asked him to write a letter to his mother, his mother's deceased. And I said, write a, mo- write a letter to your mother. And he said, that was the most difficult thing to do. And he wasn't ready to read it because I do what's called the empty chair technique. Have I'm him read the letter it. and I engage with that empty chair with him. Mm-hmm. It has worked in the past with a 16-year-old that I had at an inpatient hospital. We did it. We went outside and she read the letter. I interacted I took a lighter and burnt the letter and I said, now as your letter floats away as ash to the sky, your father received that.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful.
0: And it's so impactful, but we have to work and address with our fear. And we have about seven minutes left to kind of address fear. What about fear of relationships?
1: Well, quite honestly, I think that again, it's a very natural emotion to have. Um, because you're dealing with the unknown and there is an element if it's a healthy relationship there's going to be some concern there anyway because guess what you recognize that you can't control the other person and they can't control you and and so I think that um, there is the idea that oh I don't know what this is going to be so there's perhaps some uh, hesitation or feelings there on that but I also think that if it's a long-standing fear in other words a lot of uncertainty is is there Um, the uncertainty if you've had a what I consider a healthy childhood you may go oh I'm willing to have patience with this and let this develop if you've had a traumatized childhood uncertainty can be detrimental so again, where are we? Where are we standing with our clients or within ourselves? Um, and how long is this fear? When it, how was it defined? What are the circumstances that is bringing it up? And two, how long has it been existing? And so those are some of the questions that we would have to ask and address with our clients. It's I have to deal with it on a regular basis because my childhood was a traumatized childhood. And, and so when I find myself getting in the uncertainties, I have to become very, very aware that where is that coming from? Is that internal, the little girls inside me going, "Ooh, I need to feel safe. I want to know that I'm taken care of and provided for," or is that the adult, fifty-one-year-old Julia that's standing back, going, "You know what? We got this, and we have a proven track record that we're safe." So where is this feeling coming from?
0: You know, a lot of it is we get caught up in our own mind.
1: Yes, we do. Of
0: what we expect of how this is going to happen. Finger. We expect something to happen, and it's almost like you're sitting in a the movie theater. Here comes Jason, and you're hiding in the closet. And I'm like, "Just get out!" <laughs> but we, we <laughs> you're we not going to be
1: any safer in that closet than you are if you're running,
0: <laughs> right? But that that kind of shows our fight and flight and our freeze yeah, moment. Freeze
1: in their face, yeah. And
0: it's easy for us to sit in this chair and tell <laughs> how stupid are you hiding in that closet? Get out. But until you're in that moment, oh my gosh. It changes the dynamics of everything. Yes, it does. And we have to remember to give some allowance to the other person that we're dealing with. Not only do we have to create a safe space within our own self, we have to create a space, a safe space for one another. Yes. So that fear can be addressed, that fear can have some relief. And not control us. What What do you think, Julia? We got about four minutes left.
1: Well, I think that you're on to something there. I certainly can't disagree. But I would change the wording instead of us using the wordings of "we have to do hmm. something." I would use the words that I that we invite ourselves to um, make allowances of safety for ourselves and those that we're in relationships with. There is, um, one is forced and the other one is a gentling. And and so I, I would use some caution there with how we word what we're talking about um, for individuals that are going through this, the invitation would be my invitation to them and your invitation, I'm sure would be the same Is that. How can we help promote safety with within each other in our dynamics or in our relationships, our coworkers, um, even, you know, just everyday life. And but what we, we
0: just could- did here, Julia, we modeled something for our audience. You use constructive criticism to say, hey, think about something else here. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes.
0: It didn't didn't bother me. (laughs) Not because I'm a therapist. Please remove that out. I'm Steve. I'm a human being, right? (laughs) And you're right. We need to invite. But we need to have this dialogue that we just had that I'm not intimidated by you or you're intimidated by me. But we can have a level of conversation that if we address fear, look what kind of conversation that you and I can have right now.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: It's inviting. And we created a what? A safe space between you and I.
1: Absolutely.
0: But audience, (laughs) here's the thing. We may be professionals. We're still human beings. (laughs) Amen. <laughs> I feel like a Kumbaya song coming on know, here, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we have to create see there I go again. We have to, we need to invite the idea to create a safe space so that we can have good dialogues like this, even though we might differentiate or have difference of opinions somewhere. That if we create the safe space, we create something better out of where we've been, and we have to see. There we go again. See, you got me. You're
1: catching (laughs) yourself. So I am (laughs) conscientious
0: right now. We 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 should be able to create a safe space where we're not fearing one another's thoughts to be able to create in a better environment that creates a sense of healthiness and not worried about how many times am I saying you have to.
1: (laughs) Or you should. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's, it, it, but I think, again, it's, it's all about um, small, minor changes. When, and I know where our time is coming up, at least as far as this podcast. So we might want to carry this into the next one. But um, that we are creating an open, safe dialogue. And without judgment or persecution or even fear, uh, it's a simply a space of honoring where each of us are at in this conversation. And uh, and there's a camaraderie, a sense that we've come together for uh, similar or even some of the same reasons to mm-hmm. share what we know with our audience. But it's also a self-growth process. Um, I love the, I, the invite to our audience to remember we're human. We're going to mess things up. We're gonna trip and we're gonna fall on our face and we're gonna have to dust off our jeans. I mean, the whole nine yards. But here we are being incredibly vulnerable and open about what we think, what we feel, how we're sharing and engaging, and all in the hopes that we reach someone that needed to hear it in the, in the moment that they're hearing it. But even if it didn't reach a single person, there's this beautiful, beautiful growth process that we are sharing by doing this podcast. So, so this
0: is our cliffhanger we're going to pick up part two of fear stay tuned thanks for joining us today we hope to have you back next week until then be safe and be kind